So Pentecost takes place, we're going to look in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 1. And it says this. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, just like we are this morning. Amen? So suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. By the way, we call this a home and a house. Okay? They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language. Skip down to verse 12. Here's such an important point. It says, amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Before we go any further on this story, I want to hammer home this point in verse 12, where it says, amazed and perplexed. You know, a lot of times when it comes to understanding the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit moves, we rob ourselves of being amazed by the work of the Holy Spirit because we're too focused on being perplexed by it. We're trying so hard to figure out what the Holy Spirit is doing or what the Holy Spirit is all about that we miss out on his work altogether. And what the Bible is telling us here is that you are to be perplexed and amazed at the same time. That it is okay, actually it is expected when the Holy Spirit is moving in a room just like this to not understand what's going on, but to still be able to be in awe, to be amazed, to be floored by the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, y'all, I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues almost my whole life, and I can tell you right now as I stand here today, I still don't get it. I still am perplexed. But you know what? I don't want, because I know how smart I am, and that's not very, I don't want to be able to understand the work of the Holy Spirit, because if I do, then guess what? It's not that great of a work. But if I don't understand, if it's so far beyond me, then that that amazement, that awe is still there. And that's what we need to be focused on. Listen, the, the questions will eventually answer themselves. But I don't, I don't believe that they answer themselves by asking the questions. I believe that they answer themselves by us wrapping ourselves in the amazement of the Holy Spirit. You have to understand by doing. It's not the other way around. And there's so many of us that, that are stunted, that paralyze our growth with the Lord because we are trying to understand something that we are literally incapable of understanding. If you go back and read, we're not going to go there, but if you go back and read Matthew chapter 14, two amazing things happen in Matthew chapter 14. Jesus feeds 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. And then the next section of scripture, he walks on water. All right, amazing miracles. You would think, wow, sold. I'm, I'm hitching my wagon to that guy. I don't understand, but I'm, I'm good. I've seen enough. In Matthew 15, Jesus is preaching. There's 4,000 reported probably men 
and others listening. And he asked the same question he asked in Matthew 14. One chapter later, same exact scenario. How are we going to feed these guys? You know what the disciples say? I don't know. They don't remember what they just saw a chapter ago. They don't remember that he walked on water. My point with all that is it's never going to be enough to look for information to give us faith in Jesus. It's always going to be about what do you believe? What do you believe? In all of the New Testament, in all of the Gospels, that is, they're constantly asking Jesus for signs. Just give us a sign. Meanwhile, he just healed a leper. Give us a sign. He just calmed the seas. Give us a sign. He just cast demons out. It's never enough for proof. It's never, you know why? Because God's not after our mind. He's after our heart. And that is a belief thing. And so when we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, we're talking about being amazed and it's okay to still be perplexed. I would almost encourage it. Yeah, I don't get it either, but I'm jumping in. I don't know, you know, I don't know where the currents come from in this river, but the water feels good and I'm hot and I want to be refreshed. So I'm jumping in. I don't need a lesson on earth space science to get in the river. All right. How much more so the Holy Spirit, y'all. Verse 22, fellow Israelites, this is Peter talking. Listen to this. I love this. The Holy Spirit falls on these disciples. Peter who denied Jesus is now all of a sudden so empowered, he stands up and he starts preaching. You want to know the work of the Holy Spirit? There it is right there. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs. Come on with it. Which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. This was God's plan. It was a deliberate plan. It was not plan B. It was not, oh, this isn't going the way I thought. Let me, let's try and figure this out. It was a deliberate plan with God's foreknowledge. He ordained Jesus on that cross because he was tired of the separation that sin caused with us. There was a veil that used to be in the temples, a thick, we call it a veil like it was a curtain. It was so much thicker than that from top to bottom. There was a very literal but also figurative representation of our separation from God. We couldn't be in God's presence because sin got in the way and God said, enough, enough. I want there to be a way. And so he sent Jesus to die on the cross and to be raised from the dead. And when that happened, the veil tore in two and there was a way for us to be with God. Here's the crazy thing, y'all. Well, let's, let's, let's keep reading. I'll get to the crazy thing in a second. Verse 29. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently. I'm going to say this. Fellow Neptune Beach Floridians. Fellow friends. Fellow family. I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath. So God promised him that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of dead, 
nor did his body see decay. God raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it, exalted to the right hand of God. And here's where it gets really good. He, meaning Jesus, has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. It was a promise. God promised that the Holy Spirit was going to come. And I don't know if y'all know this or not, but God does not break his promises. If he promised it, it was going to happen. And it's a gift from God that he promised that Jesus poured out on the apostles on this day. A promise of God given by Jesus. That sounds pretty good to me. The most amazing thing about the resurrection of Jesus he gave his life, but you know that he wasn't done giving. The story of Jesus' generosity in his life does not end on that third day when he's risen from the dead. It goes on and he continues to give. And what does he give? He gives God's Holy Spirit to us. It actually says in John 16, he tells his disciples, he says, look, it's better that I go. It's better that I leave you so that I can give you something else that is better and that's the Holy Spirit. He knew then before he even died what he was gonna give him. He's saying, look, it's gonna be better than me in the flesh right here talking to you face to face. It's gonna be better. And we have it. We have that opportunity. Verse 36, it goes on. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, here it is, y'all. Brothers, what shall we do? And as a question for all of us this morning, what are you gonna do? Are we here to remember Pentecost? Are we here to celebrate it? Or are we here to believe it? Are we here to respond to what God has already given us? Or are we just gonna read about it? Say, oh, that's a great story. I know that, that's some good Bible trivia. It's not what it's in there for. It's in there so that we can respond to what God is giving us. Goes on in verse 38, Peter replied, as they asked this question, what are we to do? He replies, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise, which God doesn't break his promises, is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. It is a gift for everyone. Our mission statement here at Beaches Chapel is that Beaches Chapel would be a home for all to begin and to grow in a relationship with Jesus Christ. You begin your relationship by asking him to be your Lord and Savior, by asking him into your heart, by doing what Peter said, repenting, asking God to forgive you of your sins. So not so that you can feel guilty, but so that he can remove the guilt. That's what happens when we repent. He removes the guilt. He washes us clean. And we have now a Lord and Savior who does all this work that we've been trying to do, trying to earn this salvation. He says, no, 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 I got this. You just received me. I did it on the cross. That's how we begin. How we grow 
is with the Holy Spirit. We receive the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit into our hearts and he, allow him to lead us in life and direct us because we still are going to make mistakes, especially when we operate out of our own understanding and of our own flesh. But when we receive the Holy Spirit, that's when the real growth happens. And that's what we want here. We want salvations. We want people to know Jesus, but we want people to know the Holy Spirit too and continue on to be different tomorrow than they were today, especially a year from now than you were today. And that happens by surrendering and receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit that God so badly wants us to have. Don't you want all of him? I want all of the Lord. And that includes the Holy Spirit. Listen to what Paul says to the Galatians in chapter three, starting in verse one. He says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? See what happened with the Galatians here is they received Jesus when Paul preached and then he left. And then there's people that came in and started telling them, no, you have to do this, that, and the other to, to be saved. You have to earn your salvation. And so they started going backwards thinking that they had to do all these things to be saved. And he says, no, you foolish Galatians, who's tricked you? Who's bewitched you? Since before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the spirit? Listen, y'all, by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the spirit? Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain, if it really was in vain? So again, I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you? I'm going to say that again. Does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? It's by believing. We cannot learn ourselves to miracles. We cannot gather enough data in the world, memorize enough scripture to all of a sudden say, okay, I've earned it now, God. I'm ready for the miracle. It's impossible. And God took that burden from us. And if you're sitting in your seat right now, if you're watching online right now, and you are thinking that you have to suddenly be someone else and earn this place so that God might forgive you and he might give you Jesus and might give you the Holy Spirit, you're wrong and you are killing yourself. The fact that you are listening right now, wherever you might be, that's what God's after. Will you believe? Will you believe that Jesus is a liar or that he speaks the truth? That is it. And then will you receive? Will you respond today to what God did thousands of years ago in this room with these people, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, are you gonna continue to be paralyzed by your own perplexity, your lack of understanding? Or are you gonna say, you know what, that's amazing. And I'm gonna trust in that. And I'll believe that the questions will be answered along the way. Maybe all of them will, maybe some of them won't. Does it matter? I mean, honestly, does it really matter? If you know, you know the source. That's all you have to know. Let's not lean on our own understanding. 
Let's trust in the Lord and let's believe. Y'all, let's believe what he's already written for us to know. So what we're going to do now is we're going to go back into worship and we are going to have a time of prayer. I'm going to ask the elders to come up in just a minute. Uh, Band can come on back up. If you haven't received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is the time to respond. I'm not giving you an out this morning. This is the time. Why would you wait? If you believe it, come and get prayed for. It's going to change your life. It's going to change your life. Be the best decision that you ever made. Stop trying to do it on your own. You were never meant to carry that burden. If you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, we want to offer you that opportunity this morning as well. Say, but I don't get it. Join the club. Okay? It's not going to put you on the ground, you know, foaming at the mouth or anything like that. You're still going to be you. You're just going to have a power in you that you never had before. But here's also what I want to do in this time of prayer. Because as I was praying for this week, I just want to open it up. If you're hurting, if you're struggling with anything, and I, I know that that's happening in here. There's a lot of confusion, a lot of brokenness. I think there's a lot of family dynamics that you're struggling with right now. And I, I just, I feel it. And I want to open it up this morning. The altar, we're going to have elders, y'all can come up now, thank you, to get to receive prayer. And we're going to take our time. We have a few songs. We're not just closing with a quick song. We're going to take our time this morning. And if you need prayer, whatever that looks like, I want to give you the opportunity to respond, to get up out of your seat and get prayed for. Why else are we here, y'all? If you're struggling, y'all can stand up. If you're here and you're struggling, you made it. You made it to church. You just got to walk a few more feet up to the front and let the Lord speak into your heart, whatever it might be. Let's, let's remember this Pentecost Sunday and let the fire fall and the wind of heaven blow this morning and heal you in Jesus' name. Whatever that looks like, don't let your pride, don't let embarrassment stop you. Come on up. God has something to share with you this morning. Father, thank you so much. Thank you, Jesus, for your promises, that you fulfill them, that when you say that this gift of the Holy Spirit was for all, that means us too, Lord. Thank you for that gift. Thank you for the gift of your son. Thank you for the gift of healing, for restoration, for peace, for being our covering. Everything that we walk through in every season of our lives, you're with us, God. And God, right now, we just put a demand on your Holy Spirit. We believe in your Holy Spirit that you lead us and you speak through us. I pray right now for every pastor and elder that you would speak through them right now, Jesus. Words for those that are gonna come up. Powerful, life-changing, life-giving words right now, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Prophesy at the altar right now in Jesus' name. Move, Lord God. We're here. We have ears to hear, God. Our hearts are hungry for you. So move, Lord God. Move, Jesus. Move, Lord. Thank you, Lord.